This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, Steeler Nation. This is Jordan. Morgan. And Samantha. Of the Yinzers Podcast. And you're listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G. Stryker, and with me is fellow writer for the SteelerNation.com and one of the stars of our Yinsers podcast, Morgan Erzo. Morgan, how are you doing today? I've never been called a star before. I just, <laughs> that made my entire day. Thank you. That I really appreciate that. I'm oh. great. I'm awesome. I'm a star. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, you were already the star of, of uh, Facebook and then and, and Instagram and Twitter. I mean, I, I'm completely taken aback by your social online social presence. So it's good that we uh, have you in the flesh right here virtually for Steeler Nation. So thank you very much for joining us tonight. And we're always happy to have you girls on, obviously. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Nice. So the first thing I would like to talk about, Steeler Nation, is our host has a new sweepstakes going on. And I'm going to share this with you here quickly. We are giving away, not that, that is the wrong page. Stop share. <laughs> Technical difficulties. You said you had everything under control. I did. And I, oh, there it is. Yeah, it all came up right. It just, it was just behind the screen that I was looking at. So this is the second time you're looking at it. This is a signed Brett Kiesel Gotham City jersey. Freaking awesome for at B Kiesel 99. To win this, all you have to do is follow us, which is Steeler Nation, follow at Yinzers and at Total Sports Enterprises and retweet it. That easy. Three follows and a retweet. You get entered for a chance to win this beautiful jersey signed by Brett Kiesel, the Diesel. You don't even need to have a beard like mine to enjoy this, this awesome jersey. Your beard can fill out as you're wearing it. If you don't have a beard at all, women, you don't need a beard. It's fine. <laughs> but some Brett, women have beards. This, this is true. Some men do as well. And they're just another person. But I digress. <laughs> and it can be yours as early as tomorrow. So get on there out there. Thank you very much. Total Sports Enterprises. Big shout out to Yinzers. Big shout out to Steeler Nation. And also Total Sports Enterprises for putting on another great giveaway for Steeler Nation. So good luck, Steeler Nation. I hope you guys win. So moving on, finally, the Steelers are now cap compliant it's been a, a a weird couple of weeks here and i know the biggest one was the restructure with big ben and that is something that i know that that the ladies were talking about on the yinsers cast here last thursday uh it was right around when everything was starting to hit um he took a pay cut from 19 million down to 14 million so what he had before was a four million dollar uh salary with a i think it was a 14 yeah 15 million dollar signing bonus 
all of that was kind of squished down into 14 million. Now he has a $1.1 million salary and a $12.9 million signing bonus, which is spread out over four years. What that means- For boarding. What's that? I, this was such a, for, did I cut out? No, yeah, just, just a hair. So go ahead, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the important thing is it's four avoidable years. Exactly. So yes. Yep. Ben, knowing he had to do this to free up the cap space that he did, mm-hmm. agreed to voidable years in his contract, essentially yep. canceling mo- any additional money past the point of this year. There is nothing guaranteed past this year. Yep. And he said, I'm going to make it, I'm going to have a team friendly deal. I'm going to do what I have to do to put the best team around me because I believe that we can still contend. We can still get to the Super Bowl and we can still win it mm-hmm. if we have a good team and we put them on the field every week and Ben did everything he had to do to make that happen. And I, I commend him. I am thankful. I slept very well that night. I just, you know, a lot of people didn't expect that from him. A lot of people expected Ben to do what he has done in the past and, you know, want his money. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it is incredible that he did what he did. Um, And, you know, we would have had, I guess, a 19, no, $22 million cap hit had he been cut. Total, yeah, yeah. Total would have been closer to 23 million, I believe, because it was a 42 hit and we got it down to about 23. So with the restructuring, so 1.1 in salaries on the cap this year, uh, one fourth, which is 3.25 million is on the cap this year. So really it's only 4.33 million on the cap. For, for this year, which is nothing for Ben, added to his dead cap amount, which was in the like about 20 million. And right. from all of his restructuring, that's how they got that amount. So moving forward, even with the voidable years, if Ben retires next year or he's cut next year, it only costs the Steelers 9.7 million in dead cap. And, and that that's is- nothing compared to what we would have lost yeah. in dead cap this year yes and last and next year we have the most cap space in the league like we're talking that is going to be a fraction of the money that we're able to spend next year on our players our free agents guys we want to sign tj who we want to give a huge contract to exactly yeah i mean Mm. ben did us favors in every single aspect of this new deal and Mm. i i stand by what I said weeks ago. I think that Ben gives us the best chance to compete. That includes possible draft picks, even if we trade it up. Mm -hmm. Um, And that includes any free agent that we might have the possibility of signing, which again, we don't have the money to sign a a big free agent, a very capable quarterback. So Ben gives us the best chance to win period point blank. Perfect. And just that move caused the Steelers now to be cap compliant. And that is cap compliant going off of either the number for 180 million, which was the official floor and 185 million, which people are speculating that it might get to hopefully because every dollar that it rises helps out the Steelers tremendously, because if they're at the 180, I think they only have that 3 million in cap space. You go up to 185, they get an extra 5 million and that's 8 million in cap space, which lets them do a lot more than just signing rookies and trying to restructure people to keep some of the free agents that you have that are leaving. Uh, quickly, before we get into the muck of all the numbers, I've got a story that came out that was pretty interesting that I saw on Twitter from at Seth Walder, that's S-E-T-H-W-A-L-D-E-R. And he went through all of the pass rushers this year, the fastest, the two fastest pass rushers to cross the line of scrimmage in at least 200 snaps this season 
Number one, TJ Watt. Number two, Bud Dupree. They were the two fastest people to cross the line of scrimmage. A big part of that, TJ stated that he used to utilize empty stadiums to get to know quarterback cadences. Because if you're just watching it on TV, it's an empty stadium. You can hear the cadence really, really easily. He teed off the entire team and say, look, this is how this quarterback likes to do cadence. This is when the ball is going to get height. So that helped us out a lot. He wasn't offside a whole lot. He was offside a few times, but you got to take that with as quickly as he gets to the quarterback for the most part. Interesting, interesting statistics and a great way to utilize no crowd noise to be able to give yourself an advantage on defense. I love it. I mean, it shows, he shows us time and time again, why he is one of the best, if not the best at his position in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, he will do what he has to do to compete at the highest level week in and week out. Yeah. And you look at TJ Watt and that's what we've come to expect. We expect him to do weird shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to give him and bud his partner in crime. Mm-hmm. The edge. <laughs> no, <right? laughs> no? Yeah. God, it hurts. I know it does. It does. Cause we, we know as, as we're, alluding to the elephant in the room that I know we're going to talk about here a little bit later is, is the, the fact that Steelers are not going to be able to retain Bud Dupree. And we'll get into the numbers of that quickly, but one person that they were able to retain is a lower tier free agent. And that is in JC Hassenauer, who was the center backup center. He signed for close to minimum. Um, I believe he signed for about 790, which is only 120,000 above minimum. So as far as for the con- the salary cap, it only cost 120000 against the salary cap because taking the top 51, he only costs 120000 more than one of those lower tier people that were cut off in the bottom 51. So, or in the top 51, that's just the only ones they take. So, you know, didn't cost a lot to keep pass an hour. He knows the system. I'm not super happy about the move, but definitely good to have some consistency, especially with Pouncey retiring. I'm not that happy about it either. Mm. Um, I do understand number one, <clears throat> number one, he knows the system. Number two, we do not have a center on this team right now. Mm. And I also understand it's not a great draft for the center position. And I also understand that the Steelers are not ones to make splashes in free agency. And we're not going to go pick up some rock star center. We're not going to get Nick Martin uh, or Houston. We're not going to get gonna Alex Mack. Oh, I'd love to it's get not, Alex Mack. Oh. I know. I know you would love it. Yep. Not going to happen. So while I understand the need to just lock in a center, because there's no guarantee that we will find one between now and when the season starts, at least Mm. one that we like more than a guy who already knows the system. Yeah. But I I held out hope that we do because (laughs) I don't like Hasenauer at that position. I think that he uh, hurt us. Um. And I think we can do better or I hope he gets better one or the other. And I have no doubt that he will, you know, given the starting position, but is that a risk we want to take? I don't know. Yeah. And at least for cap compliance, best case scenario, we're about 8 million in space right now. Still means they still have to do some more moves. If they want to start signing some free agents, restricted free agents, Exclusive rights aren't as bad, and I'll explain that pretty soon here, but it looks like Tuit, Hayden, Boswell, and even Derek Watt could be restructured uh, to save some money off of the cap this season. I know Derek Watt, I just looked today, he's got a million-dollar bonus coming in 
uh, for roster bonus. So that's something that could be cut out and, and at least spread out over time if they do it as a signing bonus. Same thing with Boswell. Um, and we've also known there's been a lot of discussion also about Nelson. And Nelson cannot be restructured. The reason why he cannot be restructured, he's in the last year of his contract. What they can do with Nelson is give him a new contract. And that could displace his salary cap and make it a little bit lower for this year, which it doesn't matter from next year on. As Morgan alluded to, we are one of the biggest cap space teams next year. Um, Just happened at the wrong year for us. This is the culmination of... So many restructures for Hayward and Ben so much and everything creative maneuver. See everything. It's just come to us, come to a point here. And this is the year we had to pay the Piper. And unfortunately the salary cap ended up being at least $30 million underneath of what it should have been projected to be. If the constant rising between 10 and 12 million each season that has happened for over the past decade kept going for this year, we should have been around 210 for salary cap this year. We were around 200 last year estimation would have been 210 and not even including the tv deals which will spike them up even a little bit higher but mm-hmm. that's where we're sitting right now but even tj watt has a chance too he counts 10 million against the cap right now with his fifth year option which is the only free agent we are able to cape from our 2017 draft class i know i put out an article on that and it sucks that we had such an awesome draft in 2017 and it looks like four of those players are going to be walking just because the Steelers cannot afford them and already gave their fifth year option to Watt but there is still a chance to maybe even get that 10 million dollar down for this year if they sign into a long-term contract free up a couple million to possibly sign in some other people yeah I love that idea um I've kind of put TJ in the back of my mind as you know, we'll worry about him next year, but I really, really like the idea idea of freeing up some space this year if we give him a new contract. We know we want to maintain TJ for the long term. Yeah, we know that one year is not going to change that or make a difference. Um, it, you know, it just depends on how we're prioritizing our free agents. I like the idea of restructuring Derek Watt, Boz, and to it. I want to, and hear me out because people are going to give me shit for this because of his age. I also want to extend Joe Hayden. Um, a lot of people are saying he's a cap casualty. He shut that down, by the way. Yeah, he, no way is he a cap casualty. None. Not a cap casualty. Yeah. <laughs> he shut that down. Um, I would love to not just restructure Hayden, but extend Hayden a year mm-hmm. or two, yep. two or three years, and extend Nelson as yep. well, both yep. this year. That'll free up a little bit of space, more so than it would if we just restructured Hayden. Yes. We have the money next year. We're going to have the money the year after that. Yep. So ideally, and I think you nailed it, TJ, Nelson, and Hayden, mm-hmm. extend them possibly extend to it if not just a restructure yeah to it you don't have to he's already signed a decent contract just the restructure will work for to it yeah okay then then boz and uh derek watt who i hope we keep um yeah excellent point though yeah you can you can extend hayden you don't necessarily have to restructure hayden because he's getting toward the end i think next year is the last year he's under contract so yes yeah so yeah you can restructure but it's better to do a new contract because that can help balance out everything. For you can amortize that bonus exactly. over X amount of years. And when you yeah. amortize that bonus, it reduces every year's cap hit yep. by the amount of years that you're extending him for. And so additionally, I have to say about Joe Hayden, I freaking love him <laughs> in that secondary. I do too. Not, <laughs> not just because like he makes plays. 
he's a leader and he is a personality in that secondary that this team needs and relies on. Yeah. You saw how the secondary played when Joe Hayden was out. We all saw it. Yes. It was not good. No. And I'm not saying that Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton can't come in and take over that role, Mike Hilton or Cam Sutton. And Pierre, who they decided to throw in as well. And Pierre. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're at that point yet. And I don't think we need to be at that point. So why force it? Yeah. If we can extend Hayden for a couple more years and let Sutton, who I think is going to be the free agent that we maintain, kind of grow underneath him, mm-hmm. I love it. I love yeah. The potential there, but that requires us to keep Hayden. Nice. And we got a report also from ESPN on Twitter from Diana Rossini stating that the Steelers will not use the franchise tag, not just on Bud Dupree, but on any player next year. So Steeler fans get the franchise tag out of your head. It's not going to happen. You use it on one player. You are automatically have to figure out a way to get under the cap again. So the, the idea happen. that the idea that some people had that we could possibly use the franchise tag is mind-boggling to me. Yeah. If we tagged Bud, it would have cost us over eighteen million dollars. Exactly. Where is that money coming from? Yep. I don't know where it's coming from. That's up two million dollars from what we franchise tagged him for last year. Correct. Correct. Even though I believe that Bud Dupree is worth that money. Yeah. Easily. Where's, it's actually where's it's kind it of a deal. From? Like he right. He can right. get into the twenty range like pretty quickly. Like if he didn't hurt his knee. He finished yeah. out last year. You're probably looking at a $22, $23 million a year contract out of him. So they're getting, you're getting butted a steal this season at 18. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Nick Juju, like we're saying, he's only $2 million less at 16 million. And that's right. the franchise tag right value for this year for being a uh, wide receiver. So unfortunately we'd love to keep him for that amount, but just with what we're doing with our wide receivers, we've already got a good base of good, talented young receivers underneath of them with Washington and DJ and Claypool. I mean, you're going to see Claypool actually flourish a little bit more in that role next year. I think he's going to be more of a go-to guy with DJ being the receptions guy and hopefully Washington's stretching the field and who knows whoever gets added in the draft because the Steelers always add another receiver in the draft and they're going to have to. Yeah. yeah, It's going to be Juju. (laughs) <laughs> Juju, will you play for six million this year, and we'll give you thirty million next year, please? <laughs> it's a good faith. It's a good faith contract, yeah. buddy. We will pay you what you should would have made this year, next year, in addition to next year's salary. Like, come on, please. Right. Oh, and and man. I've got Steeler Nation. No, we do not have a beer sponsor anymore. But as I was talking to Morgan before the show. I live in the Baltimore DC area and it is, there's a lot of negatives for Steeler nation about living in the Baltimore DC area. Other, other than they're terrible fans of the Washington capitals and the Baltimore Ravens. But one excellent thing about living in this area is we have the only Guinness brewery in the United States. And they just had a beer release last Friday that I went eight nuts over two excellent beers. One of them being a, breakfast tea amber it's kind of reflecting there on my can but breakfast tea amber it's very good it's like a tea infused beer very light delicious and then the coup de gras is the barrel aged mint chocolate stout that i am enjoying tonight this is phenomenal this is my beer of saint patrick's day this year so cheers steeler steeler nation to all of you holding glass tonight cheers 
raise a glass. I'm enjoying it. Here's my, my coffee. <laughs> Striker, this is cruel and unusual punishment. The mint chocolate stout, that was rude. It was rude. <laughs> I can't talk. I'm enjoying this too much. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I can't drink beer right now. So She's on a carb-free diet currently. She is working out to be the best that she can be. And she has a competition am- coming up in April, correct? In April, and yeah. I currently actually am consuming a lot of carbs, um, none of okay. the which, however, are beer. So, oh. bummer city. As long as you balance it out next year by only consuming carbs from beer form for forty <laughs> days, then it here's equals the out. deal. Here's <laughs> the deal. I will do that next year if the Steelers will pay Juju what he's what he wants next year. Oh, that's that's okay. a deal. Yeah. yeah. That's a deal. We have that's, a deal. That's a fair trade. Yeah, I agree. Corvette, I agree Corvette. completely. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Mark, I feel your pain also on Facebook saying Big Ben should have retired. The team is in rebuilding mode. I hope the offensive line is able to protect him this year. I'm concerned they may not. And I agree with you, Mark. I think in their current form, it's tough, but hopefully the draft will help them out significantly because that's what they need. That is definitely what they need is dra- is offensive line help. Offensive line, 100%. I okay. think that that also was a large portion of the reason why Ben agreed to a team-friendly deal. Yeah, He knows that the line that they put around him needs to be one that can protect his old man legs. And um, I disagree. I don't think he should have retired, but to each their own. He does give us the best chance to contend. And I, unlike many Steelers fans, believe that we have the potential to contend if we build the right team. Yep. So. And I agree, B. Bailey 13 off of Twitter. Ben is our only option this year. Well stated. That is true. He is the option this season. Now, market values. This is the interesting thing. As we talked about, Bud is at 18.2 million if he's franchise tagged. Juju, his market, and it, that's still his market value. That's that's what Spoke Track and everybody is saying. You know, he's going to be getting a contract in this area. I wouldn't be surprised if it was closer to twenty, to tell you the truth. Uh, Juju is going to be is valued around sixteen million. Avery Williamson, the inside linebacker that we traded to from the Jets to help us out, seven point two million is his Does value. That surpri- like that—that's a surprising number to me. That, that I was odd. very surprised by that number. Very surprised because I feel like what I saw out of Avery Williamson this past year was very little that convinced me that he's worth that. Not saying that he did poorly mm-hmm. for a majority of the time. I do think that he there were some times where I was disappointed in his play, mm-hmm. but we just didn't, there's not enough of a sample size to decide that this man is worth 7.2 million as a linebacker, I just don't see it. The only thing that I can see that his value would be there for Morgan is that he's a tackle machine. Mm-hmm. He has, I think every season, but two, he has over a hundred tackles. One season he didn't get to a hundred tackles because they weren't on defensive enough for him to get a hundred tackles. He had 90 some, um, but that was, that was when he was with uh crap. I forget the team that he's with. Was it, Titans, I think it was the Titans, and it was a ball control offense, so the defense was never on the field. Right. And um, that one, he's in like 94. But last season, he split between both the Jets and with us, didn't play a full season, and still ended with over 100 tackles. 
So this guy is quietly just a tackle machine. He's huge in the run game. And that is why, because, you know, you have a, if you have an inside linebacker that's going to get you a hundred tackles, that is his value. That's, I agree. That's the I only, agree. But honestly, like we only saw him for half a season. We saw him for a partial season, but he's that's still kind of up. what I'm saying. And I, I and yeah, with the jets, did he, I obviously don't watch very many jets games. So maybe I'm not speaking um, to his full, like, portfolio well, I, of work from last year i'd feel sorry but, for anyone that watched jet games last year but, <laughs> i know right but at least with the jets last season tackle wise uh, I'm, I'm trying to look up to see what his exact numbers are okay he played um well 15 total games obviously um well now it's saying he's under 100 on this one why is this why i thought he was over Oh, because it's combined. It's it's combined t- tackles. Yes, 111 combined tackles last season. He played seven games with the Jets. He had 59 tackles in seven games. That's a ton of tackles for seven games. Right. In eight games because he had to take a game off, COVID, things like that, learning the system. He had 52 tackles with us. He and he had three tackles for a loss with us too, and two quarterback hits. So he he was doing well. I don't think he got a sack no he didn't he didn't end up getting a sack last year from us actually I, I thought he did get the sack I see the sack listed I thought he did yeah he got through and he got one sack for us that's it so I mean the guy has some ability and like I said his his sack numbers he is a rookie he had 78 sack 78 tackles as a rookie 78 sacks 70 I know right? he's good wow wow Holy seven, shit. Seven, seven millions cheap <laughs> Sign that man yesterday. <laughs> yep. So 78 <laughs> tackles as a rookie, second year, 102, third year, 104, fourth year, 92. But his, the snaps are way down because that was the ball control year with Henry. They're killing it. 120 his first year with the Jets, and then 111 last year. This guy is a tackle machine. And that, that is why his value is at least listed that way. And that, I, I can at least like, understand why it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes then, more sense to me. Villanueva. Now, here's the one that surprises me. Villanueva listed at 16.5 million for value. I now, saw that. I wouldn't go anywhere near that. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot pole. I, I think just it's. Wouldn't. I think it's 10 million more than it should be. Personally. I completely agree. How old is Big Al? Um, I can look that up quickly. I'm not saying, and, and don't get me wrong. I don't think I'm not one of those people who believes that someone's age dictates their ability to do well at their job, even in football. We've seen Tom Brady. Like, I I don't believe that that is the case for everyone. We saw Bud absolutely evolve into the player that he is today from someone that a lot of Mm Everyone's on their own trajectory. There's no one size fits all this at this age. If you haven't reached your prime, you're never going to. And at this age, it's all downhill from here. I don't believe that. Um, Just what I saw out of Big Al last year doesn't warrant $16.5 million. I I hope somebody gives it to him because that means we're getting a third round comp pick for him. But being 32 years old and already starting to regress, both last two years, we started to see the chinks in Big Al's uh, armor starting to uh, show him as being a human as opposed to the, the superhuman that he'd been at left tackle. And he'd had some great years here in Pittsburgh. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And I love <laughs> Al as, as a person. And I, I know that. I, I love know the that... story. I love everything about him. 
Yeah. yeah, he he has a great family. Like he he's a good mm. dude. He really really is a good dude and I hope that he gets paid. I hope he makes that money. I don't it's not going to be from us. Yeah. It's just not. So So Morgan, let me ask you this then. If I was to say James Connor is worth 5.4 million dollars in the open market, what would you say about that? I would agree with that. I think okay. that's fair for him. I think that he struggles behind a line like we put out last year that is designed to protect a passer and is not designed to block for running. Mm. He struggles behind a line like that. He is not one of the very rare types of running backs who can flourish behind a line that's not blocking well. There are some, there are a few, there are guys who are extremely patient and find the holes that don't initially exist. Connor doesn't do that. Um, I do think that James Connor has great running ability if he has a great offensive line. Put mm-hmm. him in, I don't even want to say this because it hurts my soul. Put him in Cleveland and he is successful as yeah. a running back. Yeah, he is. Put him behind that line and he is successful as a running back. Mm-hmm. I think he's worth 5.4 on a team that has an offensive line built for a running team running offense, a team that's not going to throw their quarterback in the shotgun, 97% of the plays that they're running and expect a runner to be successful in any form in that scheme. It just doesn't make sense to me. It does not make sense to me, but I don't think that this year is an accurate uh, or a justification for paying him less or anything like that. I don't blame this year on him. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. And I like his strength. I like his aloof elusiveness, but he was only getting good yardage. It seemed if he was getting to the edge and he was able to break that corner with either the strength or a missed tackle or a spin move. Yes. And it was very only difficult. On the outside. Yeah. Yep. So yep. it would be good to see him with some good blocking in front of him. Cause he could, he could make some people miss and, and do some good things like you're saying. So now we have the two most important free agents, which is kind of a tandem. And we're talking about safety, obviously Steeler nation. We all know, we got Mike Hilton. We got Cam Sutton. You got one hand, one, one, one guy gets, does everything, a little bit more of a playmaker, a little bit more of a, a tackler, a little bit more of a sacker. The other guy is a, a much better coverage man. Maybe can play some edge, play some safety in the dime, can kind of do it all as a coverage man. So now you have two guys. Hilton's value is looking at 7.8. Hilt, Sutton's value is looking at 7.2. So... You know, I'd like for the Steelers to be able to retain one of these guys. Hopefully they have to in the 7 million range. This is, yeah, you're, you're right. Because this is also what sucks at this point is not only are the Steelers losing all these free agents this year, but Hilton was an undrafted rookie free agent that season that was cast off by New England and we developed him. Sutton was developed by us being drafted in the fourth round that year. So this is the first time the Steelers have actually started developing cornerbacks. And I was that- going to say it. <laughs> Of course, the one time that we're able in the past several decades to (laughs) bring in and develop corners. Aside from Mike Taylor. (laughs) Of course. I love Ike. Ike Taylor aside, but he's amazing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Of course that happens. Yeah. Yeah, right. During this time. Of (laughs) course they're free agents in 2021. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't it's be an very issue. typical of this organization. Yeah. I I think Sutton's number is a little high. 
I'm going to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not yeah. saying I don't think that he deserves 7.2 million. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he's going to be offered 7.2 million. Yeah. I think Hilton will be offered 7.8. I think Hilton will be gone. Mm-hmm. However, I think Sutton has the edge and here's why he's better in coverage, monumentally better in coverage. Mm-hmm. People say they like him because he, of his size. He can play the outside. I don't love him on the outside. I I'm think he's him. great in coverage. I love yep. him in the slot. Yep. And I don't think that he needs to be on the outside. Mm-hmm. I think that with his size, he can cover these bigger receivers that are coming in like DK Metcalf, put, put him on guys like that big or, guys or the tight ends coming out of the slot or the tight well. ends yep. coming out of the slot. Like there's, he has uh, versatility yeah. back there that I don't think Hilton has. Hilton is a splash player. Mm-hmm. Do not get me wrong. I hope that man gets paid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if we're keeping someone, don't look at, oh, we have to keep Sutton because he's cheaper as a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. Um, he, he allows a lower completion rate. I think it's at like 60.5 and mm-hmm. a lower quarterback passing rating. I think it's like, 80 or something nice. like that. Nice. Hilton is higher in both of those categories. Yeah. So like there, yes, we see the splash plays from Hilton. We see the sacks. We see the quarterback pressures from him. And that is um, compelling, mm-hmm. but I think it's likely we keep Sutton and I will be happy if we keep Sutton. So now we get to the free agents that the Steelers must retain. Obviously, everybody that we talked about, those are luxuries. There's probably not going to happen. Maybe one of the two corners may happen. But these are the ones that the Steelers, I think, will actively go out and try to make offers to quickly because they know they can make the right offers to keep these players around. One of them, which I think, which is on my list, is the number one resign for the Steelers with as banged up as their offensive line is that is Zach Banner that is a guy you need to get back in lock up he is completely committed to this team he frankly won out outright that right tackle job last year unfortunately lost it by being injured in the first game of the season against the Giants but if you want consistency in that offensive line, if you want leadership in that offensive line, Zach Banner is not only going to be your cost-effective choice to be signed to be a starting tackle, but the right choice for our team because he's completely committed. When I interviewed him just a few weeks ago, he's still talking about the Steelers as we, even though he's not under contract. Loved hearing that. So we know he wants to come back and the Steelers are committed to bringing him back. I am a huge Zach Banner fan. I... First of all, I just love how he approached the uh, battle to win that position. Mm -hmm. I think that he earned it, entirely earned it. Um, It's his to lose at this point, if you ask me. I think Tomlin has all but come out and said that Zach Banner will start at the right tackle position next year. Um, I think it's inevitable that we sign him, and I think it's going to be huge for that line. I will be very happy if we can get him back. Next person I wanted to talk about is the guy that was in the middle of the defense. And that is Tyson Alualu. Now he's a player that was older. Obviously he was super highly rated. Like PFF had him in the top three, most of the season. Some, the early part of the season, he was number one uh, for being a nose. And that was a big shock to me, Morgan, because we had seen him working the three to five tech, like Hayward and Tua did, but especially when one of those, 
would get hurt in a game. He, he'd always play one or the other, but he excelled in the middle of the field, especially in helping our run game this season. I think that that was a surprise to everyone. Mm-hmm. When Tyson Alawalu's name was plastered all over like top three defender lists, top, top, top three defensive line lists, things like that. I think it was stunning at first. Yeah. We're also putting a great line around him. We're yeah, also surrounding sure. him with one he, of the best yeah. defenses in the league. <laughs> he's between so, Tewitt and Hayward. You're right. <laughs> like, come on. We are setting that man Good up point. for success. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think that he is also priority should be at least because we saw the injuries on this line last year. If we can maintain the guys that were there that know the system that excelled for us in their positions and who will line up a with virtually the same line as they did last year, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Like, let's go yeah. there. We don't have room to like move a bunch of people around or, or swap at in and out pieces. Yeah. We don't have that room. We don't have that luxury. So keep the guys, especially the guys that aren't going to cost an arm and a leg um, that worked for us last year, like Banner did in that first game, like yes. Alualu did yeah. throughout the season. When he got hurt, that was a brutal brutal hit to that defense oh yeah the run game our run defense spiraled yeah spiraled it was a disaster it was he is great great against the run Mm -hmm. i am an advocate good and the only reason why i think he's going to be affordable is because he he is older i think he's approaching 34 35 now so that's why it was so surprising not just to us i don't think but to everyone who knows him or has seen him play in the past it, it was um, refreshing. It felt like an, he was a new kind of player. I, I don't know. I'm a big fan. Yeah, 33. I'm sorry. He's turned 34 this year. But still. So am I. Right? <laughs> oh, I remember back being 34. Those were the days. I asked hey, everyone on Twitter. Hey, I asked all my, my followers. My mean Joe Green running out on the field there in the 70s. That was the guy was the time, ladies and gentlemen. And Steeler Nation, you don't know. You don't know what that is. I live in the like 80s. My dad. Chuck I, Noll would never allow oh, any of this bullshit. Oh, you remember the 60s? That was a bunch of sh- that's a bunch of shit. <laughs> I, told, I asked people on Twitter the other day how old they well, first I tweeted, yeah, I'm sick of the narrative that Chuck Noll wouldn't allow this, 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 and this. Yeah, right. Meanwhile, Ernie Holmes is shooting down police helicopters. Like, come on. <laughs> well, he did that after yeah, it's it's you know, it's, I could say a lot about what ha- read see, the ones who hit the hardest, everyone see, just read it and you'll know exactly what Chuck Noll put up with different era, but yeah. I got a lot of responses to that. So I asked people how old they were mm-hmm. and I'm pleasantly surprised that I'm not one of the oldest people among my followers. Hmm. I definitely thought I would be. Yeah. So, well, I follow you. I'm way older than you. So that's, that's fine. And CTE is a real thing. I'm sorry about that. Thanks for balancing it out. Yeah, right. (laughs) I bring up that median age significantly. Uh, (laughs) Another one to talk about would be Matt Filer. Now, Matt Filer, I almost think might be out of our price range just because of how diverse he is. He's been a starting left guard and starting right tackle in this league. I actually think he's going to get some decent money thrown out of him in free agency. Uh, unless people are throwing money at different people and he kind of sits around for a bit. He has a chance of coming back maybe in a four to six range. I, that's what I'd hope for, but I can't see them spending more than that on Filer. But honestly, he, he could get that more from another team. Yeah, I don't think Filer will be around next year. Um, I'm very middle of the road on him. 
Yeah. I I am too. I, like if he left, I, I don't think I'd, I'd cry. <laughs> it's not gonna hurt like Bud's gonna hurt, you know? No. Yeah. Um, or Juju. Or Juju. Or even Connor. Is, I mean, if yeah, Juju leaves. <laughs> You are sold on him leaving, but I am not. I don't. I my see. My heart is not sold on him leaving. My (laughs) my pocketbook and my mind are like, how can we even make this work? And like, it's just too much. Like, honestly, like we, I can't even see how we can make like either Hilton or Sutton work, and they're like half the price of them. Like, like (laughs) we're saying, he's going to take half the money this year, and we're going to give. We're going to have to. Honestly, it's it's gonna we're gonna have to cut somebody. Yeah, yeah. There's a cut. The cuts are coming. Cuts, cuts are coming. Well, we don't need a tight end. Brace yourselves. We don't have any tight ends on the roster. Who needs anymore. a tight end? <laughs> Sorry, Ebron. We need Juju back. <laughs> Sorry about it. <laughs> Juju, you can play tight end. Probably better than Ebron, if you're asking me. <laughs> Ju- you know, Juju. I, will block. We just fixed. We just fixed the Pittsburgh Steelers. Juju Smith-Schuster. He signed back to be a tight end. Tight end. Yes. <laughs> there, we've done it. Steelers Nation. We we just fixed. We just fixed our free agency. You're all very welcome. Uh, unfortunately, you are now worth like eight million less if you're going to be a tight end, though. So I'm sorry about that, Juju. Highest paid <laughs> tight end in NFL history. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. That would be great. So. <sighs> Yep, Hilton wonderful against the run. Sutton is tall. Juju redo his contract. He doesn't have a contract mark. We'd have to sign him to a new contract, and it would be a big one. There, I mean, that is a possibility though. Like we were talking earlier, if we could do a amateur uh, sign him to a, a good size signing bonus, low salary this season, there there is a chance of signing Juju. That is an option. That is an option. Yeah, yep. I, I've got to be now. Now I'm starting to come aboard on this. I was just thinking of it strictly as like you gotta, you gotta think like Kevin franchise Colbert. tag numbers. Just wake up yeah. in the morning and tell yourself, "I'm Kevin Colbert." Time to get creative. Yeah, like that's what he does every single day. Yep, and it, it may, maybe he'll take 15 million or 14 or 15 from us. I mean, that's that's what I'd like to see. A little bit of a hometown discount. Now there's he, one other, one other. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You want to finish? No, I was just going to say, he knows the grass isn't always greener. He knows that. That's and when true. you look at the teams that people are saying that he should go to, AKA the Jets and the Ra- Raiders, we have um, evidence of that not working out. We have evidence. <laughs> Former teammates of his own didn't work out for. So we have coaches that saying. wouldn't go there to even be a head coach. So yes, we understand those organizations. Saying. Right. But there's one other small signing that I want to talk about here. And this is a value signing and this is a depth signing and something that a lot of Steeler Nation might, you know, might not even really be remembering much or put much thought into this. But this is one I put a lot of thought into and it's Sean Davis. And Sean Davis is about a million dollar a year player. And this guy not only can come in on a pinch to play starting free safety, starting strong safety, but he was a monster on special teams for us last year. He retained- I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. He retained two possessions on special teams just from following the play and jumping on loose footballs. I mean- I'm telling you, it was that game- That's worth a million. That's a million. The game against Washington when he came in and saved that play, like- Yeah. I'm sorry. Thank you for letting him walk Washington. I don't know what we were thinking letting him- I mean, I do. I do know what we were- he didn't live up to what we expected him to be when yeah. he was with us originally, but he was a special teams monster this year. He was. And I was very impressed with him on special teams. Very yeah. much so. And also you're right. You're exactly right. He's depth in that secondary. If we mm-hmm. ever need it. Um, 
I would, I would also love to bring Sean Davis back for the reason alone that he was great on special teams. Some, we yeah. struggle there. Yeah. Especially if that point at that price point, you've got to bring him back, especially when the Steelers are willing to throw down $4 million for a special teams ace. That's a fullback. Yeah. You should be right. able to throw down $1 million for a, a special teams ace that can defend play both safety positions, possibly even backup slot corner. But yeah. you got a lot of options with Sean Davis. And that's why I like his versatility even more so like he's, he's like, to me, like an undervalued Sutton, just the way that he can play so many positions on defense, not necessarily the outside corner, play both safeties. He could play slot if he had to, might not be the best at slot, but definitely can play the safety roles and the safety and the dollar and things like that. When you bring the extra safety on the field, you get like a versatile, like utility player kind of guy. It's hard to walk those, to let those guys walk, especially when they're effective on, on special teams. Yeah. Especially when you're, they're a starter on special teams, because then they can play depth elsewhere and they can fill in on special teams where they need to be. So it's just, it makes a lot of sense. It's a lot of sense. So now we're at the point of this conversation. We're going to start talking about restricted free agents. I have the numbers this year for what restricted free agents are going to cost. And what a restricted free agent essentially gets is a one-year contract. And what the one-year contract is, and it's obviously it's a contract that the Steelers get to set. And then there's some rules involved. And I'll talk about these rules. The first round tender means you tender this player for $4.766 million dollars. If somebody else makes an offer to them and leaves, they leave your team, then you get, have to give them a first round draft pick. That's what the first round tender means. Second round tender is 3.384 million this year. And the original tender is slotted for whatever round that player was drafted in. You would get that round value if they leave your team, if a different team gives them a better offer than your tender. And that tender is 2.133. So we only have three players on the roster. I don't think either of them are our first or second round tenders. Um, first one being Ray Ray McLeod. I don't think he's going to be tendered at all. I think he could probably be re-signed around the 750,000 level, which is what he paid for him last year. And Gerald Hawkins, I don't see any reason for retaining him. I didn't think he was even doing a decent job as an extra blocker last season. Um, you know, but he was a fourth rounder. He, he would merit a fourth round tender if he was to be tendered. I, I agree with you on both of these Ray Ray. That one's upsetting to me because yeah. he came out at the beginning of the year. And I was like, finally, finally, we have someone who can return a punt or a kick finally, or both <laughs> or both. Like, yeah. Right. God, God forbid the Steelers have a good return, man. God yeah. forbid. Right. But you know, he just kind of fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly think, I don't think it's, um, I'm not knocking his ability. I think he's very capable. Yeah. His vision worried me at some points. There were times mm-hmm. where he was so close to getting six and had he just gone right, instead of going left, he wouldn't have gotten hit. He would have gotten the end zone. And it's like, yep. did you not see the guy? Like where do, that concerned me? Number one, number two, we gassed this dude up so much in the first few weeks that I think he put so much pressure on himself to succeed Hmm. that it got to him. It was like, he was in his head too much. He was trying to do too much. He wasn't just letting himself have fun and play the game, which my boyfriend is a professional baseball player. He'll tell you he is at his best when he's not in his head, when he's just having fun playing the game that he loves. And I think that the same thing happened to Ray Ray. It's almost like he got the yips. Yeah. It happened when he muffed that punt. Mm-hmm. After, after he muffed that punt, he wasn't the same player. 
and right. he was playing a little bit more timidly. He wasn't running as hard. He was more worried about ball control, but he's got a good skill set. He's a great returner, both punt and kick return. And he's a, a great slot back option and also a great option for wide receiver bubble screens and for yes. and around the jet sweeps. Guy has the speed in the backfield and, and is productive in all of those phases. And you have to assume that with a new offensive coordinator that we might run some of those plays yes. every once in a while. Yes. And it would work out well for Canada to have a player like this on the team. Now I'm yeah. saying that this is probably one of the first situations where the Steelers don't RFA a player, but don't be surprised if he still comes back and signs with the Steelers for a more market value around somewhere between 750 to a million. That's where I think his market value is currently for what his skill set is. He starts getting more productive and gets starts returning some of these kicks for touchdowns. His number's going to be going up and that tender would be a steal. But like I said, Ray Ray would be a sixth round tender. You get a sixth round dra- draft pick if we tendered him. But I just don't think that that value of 2 million is worth for one year. Closer, closer to seven. Not this year. So the other person, now this is the one I want to talk with you about Morgan, because this is a player that is valued on our team. Still, I don't know if he's if you can't really value him as a first or second round tender. You might maybe a second. You maybe you can you can convince me to be in a second. But this guy was an undrafted rookie free agent, which means if we tender him and he's signed by another team since he was undrafted, that team would not have to give us any compensation whatsoever because he didn't fall in a draft slot. But he is the top backup for the edge position for next season, going into next season, and that is Ola Adenii. So right. how do you feel uh, like with, with me, my initial feelings are there's value in Ola Adenii. I would like to tender him. I don't know if he's necessarily a first or second round tender, but if we do just straight up tender him and he gets pulled, we lose, we lose a player. So how would you treat the Ola Adenii situation? If you were the GM Morgan. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. You know... I don't, I don't think I would tender him. I think that, yeah, he's great as a backup, good insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we tender him, I, I don't think we're going to get, I don't think anyone's going to offer him more than what we would offer him at the original tender. That's, that's a valid point. I don't think anyone's going to number one, the case study on him how do you he was going up now he seems to be going back down is what you're saying yeah i uh trajectory yes i struggle with putting a value on him right now i don't know this is the one that i am just stumped on i really am because you look at the injuries we suffered last year and you have to assume that we'll suffer similar ones next year like you prepare yourself right it's like ptsd so i'm thinking about that now and i'm like well are we going to, are we going to be upset if he goes and plays for somebody else and wish that we still had him back? But nah, I, this is tough for me. I don't know. I'm not yeah. tendering him. 
Yeah, for me, for me, I'd only tender him for depth, but still, I I can see your point completely, and I think you make a valid point. And that is something that Omar Khan and uh, Colbert know a little bit better than the two of us. So it'll be interesting to see if they even decide to tender anyone. Like this might be a year where the Steelers do not tender any of their restricted free agents, which is unheard of. That's unheard of in the league. I was just going to say, like, that's what's so another thing that makes this year so insane (laughs) Right, is because not only might this be that year, but it's looking like it will. We tender nobody. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. So now we're at the portion where we get to talk about exclusive rights free agents now. <laughs> and I had to do a lot of digging because I'm, I'm a geek and I'm a numbers guy. And I had to figure out, it's like, can we even tender our exclusive rights free agents? Because these guys are good. <laughs> yes. The answer is yes, because we just tendered one of them today. And that yes. is Marcus Allen. So what happens with the exclusive rights free agency, You get they, they are still under contract and you tender them for league minimum and they mm-hmm. cannot sign with anyone else, and they have to play for a league minimum, which looks like this year is $660,000. Now, I thought it was going to be uh, six twenty-five dollars with my math because I thought it was six ten from last year plus fifteen k. but it looks like all the, all the minimum tenders that I've seen so far in this season has been six sixty. dollars So Marcus Allen is signed. I assume it's for $660,000. Uh, the other person, which is, to me, probably one of our biggest – free agents is Spillane Roberts yes which who may be a starter next season will be playing for $660,000 I thought Robert Spillane came in and wrecked ship like I agreed agreed was I could not have been more impressed with him Mm -hmm. I couldn't have been I mean he set the tone for so many splash plays in that second half of our season I can't, I, there's, how do you put a value on that? It will be highway robbery if we get him at 660,000. I, I, I yep. can't say it any other way. Yep. It will be highway robbery and, and I will I, be thrilled. I will be too, because he'd be a great depth piece. Have him and Bush on the field at the same time would be an excellent, excellent tandem. It, and even if they, if they don't release Williams, if, 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 if that, you know, geez, I mean. I'd hate to, to hate to lose him as well. Vince is just I would hate to such lose such Vince, a disruptive but... middle linebacker as well. But you got a little bit more athleticism, I think, with Spillane. You lose a little bit more of the tackling and that that ability to shoot that A gap better than just about any other inside linebacker that you have in V Dub. And I, I mean, love that about Vince Williams. I me too. Yeah, you look at Vince and you appreciate so much about his game. Um, but then you have to look at if we're talking about cuts, if we're talking about releasing players, you look at the holes too. Uh, and against the run, I, I struggle with, I struggle with Vince some, sometimes uh, this year, he looked like he was having a hard time. Yeah. And one thing I just want to go back. I know Mike on a uh, Periscope through Twitter here said Hilton is wonderful against the run. Tackles like a linebacker. I love Hilton too. And today is Hilton's birthday. Happy Woo! birthday, Mike Hilton. Healer <laughs> Nation loves you. Eight days till free agency, Mike. Yep. And I'm not going to lie. You know, he's that's, counting them down. <laughs> that, that's my dream pick. He's like my favorite player on defense. I love watching Mike Hilton. No, nobody yeah, gets great. me. I'm built like a punter. 
So nothing gets me gassed up more than seeing a guy running around on the field that's like 5'9", <laughs> 180 pounds and still wrecking people in the hole and getting sacks. That's he, a, that's my kind of football player. I love his attitude. <laughs> like how he clowns Philip Rivers. <laughs> make it, it is the best <laughs> thing that happened in 2020. I'm not <laughs> kidding. That was perfection. So explain to... to Steeler Nation, what the clowning of Philip Rivers is, just so everybody's on the same page. So it, it was like a year or two ago when it first happened, right? Like mm -hmm. Rivers was talking shit to Hilton, and then I think he picked him off or something. Mm. And then again, yep. this year, that, that crucial game against mm -hmm. the Colts. Against the Colts, yeah. Yep. Um, the final play of the game when Rivers is trying to, you know, throw up some pass to, to save their chances. Yeah. Hilton batted at the bat at the ball. Right. Didn't he have an interception earlier in that game too? Was that I believe one? I, you know what? Hilton I, might I have think had the interception did. and then Sutton batted the ball at the very yeah, end. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but like, didn't he have a two interception game? Wasn't that his two interception game? I don't I remember. remember. I can't yeah. remember. Like I've had so much Steelers talk going through my head. In the I past. do too. Yeah. I, I can't keep up at this point, but, <laughs> but he was amazing that game bottom line and philip rivers had talked like mad shit to him at one point so he went up to him and just let him have it and rivers you know is the crybaby of all crybabies like yes. that's one thing i will miss in the nfl next year is philip rivers <laughs> temper tantrums um but i just love how he went straight up to him and let him have it i love yeah. it i love the attitude nice i love the fire you know me I want the smoke. So like, I love a guy who's going to talk. What? Shit. I love you? It. You the most common? You were like, smoke? what? <laughs> yes, it's Steeler Nation. If you watch Yinzer's. You cut out. What'd you say? Yes, I said, yes, Steeler Nation. If you watch Yinzer's podcast, you know, Morgan obviously loves a little bit of trash talk, a little bit of smoke. She can handle it as much as anyone else on the interweb. And I've seen it firsthand and I enjoy reading every single word of it. So. <laughs> Thank you for being on our side as opposed to being against us. <laughs> yeah, you don't want me as an enemy, I promise. Nope. <laughs> so now we're at the point of the podcast. We take questions from Steeler Nation. And thank you very much, Steeler Nation. You jump onto SteelerNation.com. You click that form button. It's free to sign up. And all you have to do, I, I write a thread every week when we're doing questions and say, hey, you got a question for the podcast. Let us know what they are. Paul G is the first one to uh, chime in. He said, Give us a list of five names that you think will be a target of the Steelers in the upcoming draft at one to 24. And which of those five would make the most impact? Now I'm not in draft mode. I'm still in free agency mode, but I'll, I'll give you the, the positions that I think that we'll I'll start off with positions. Okay. Left tackles. My number one, number two is center, but if the center value isn't there, I will take the highest rated running back. Now that, that is one of those spots where, you know, that can make a difference on a team as well. But here's one that not a lot of Steeler Nation is talking about, but we desperately need it. It's a tight end, and it's an all-around tight end. It's a tight end that can block and slobber Fuck. knock in the hole and make those catches downfield. Doesn't have to be doesn't have to be like Ebron downfield. It doesn't have to be like Gronk downfield. I like I'm happy with the Mark Bruner. I'm happy with a Heath Miller. Now Miller just made the most of his opportunities. Like he he ended up becoming like way more better after the catch than most people ever anticipated, but he was slotted to be that solid catcher down the field. And that's what we need to extend drives after that inside linebacker. If you can find another athletic inside linebacker at that value spot, or even safety, I consider it at that spot. 
Otherwise, the only other thing that I consider at the first round pick would be if a quarterback dropped like a huge quarterback, like Fields, maybe, uh, maybe Trask, I consider. But I, I mean, even there, like, I, I don't know if I'd take Trask until the second round, but I don't think I'm a Jones guy. That's at least I've started doing a little stuff on quarterbacks, but we'll, we'll talk about that stuff when we get close to the draft. And I know Morgan's pretty much with me. She doesn't get into the draft stuff until we start hitting April as well. I will be, a lot of people are going to say they want Najee Harris in the first round and they think yeah. that he's going to fall to us in the first round. And mm-hmm. I, which is possible. I agree. I think that he will fall to us in the first round. Mm-hmm. I cannot express to you how much I hate the idea of taking a running back in the first round. Mm. I don't like it. Okay. I think that we can get a good running back this draft in the second or third. Agreed. Um, yep. I like Javante Williams out of North Carolina. Yeah. Um, but you know, there are options. Travis Etienne. I love him. Ooh, nice. Um, a lot of you are going to disagree with me and that's fine. As long as we address the issues on the offensive line, we can yeah. take whatever running back the Steelers deem is appropriate. But if, if they can agree to fixing the line, then draft Najee Harris. I don't care. Just fix the line. So next question comes from slash steel posting from the hospital. So big hearty, get well soon slash. We love you. I know we're all heal giving up. you hearts and telling you to heal up here in the thread and on the SteelerNation.com forum, but Godspeed to you, sir. But I'm still glad, even though you're under duress, you're able to get your question in. So we're going to answer it. And he says, like, there's anything else to stand to stand in the way of a fanatic's uh, ability to get a question Priorities. out. Priorities. Right. We know you, Slash. That's awesome. With Bud being allowed to go into free agency, with today's confirmed no tag, and probably Connor and Juju's exit, and I think you also alluded to uh, uh, Hilton as well, because I, I, I think I threw in Connor instead of Hilton because I knew you were on some like medication. Uh, can we really say the club is doing enough for Ben's farewell tour? And this is something that I did state on Steeler Nation today. I alluded to it a little bit on this podcast, but I'm going to state in concrete why the Steelers are having so much trouble with their cap, why everybody is losing. So yes, you know, you know, can they do more? Yes, they can do more, but this is a loaded question. And I think this question is loaded because of the salary cap. We were expecting the salary cap to be 210,000 is 210 million. Sorry, because it was 200 million last year, usually goes up 10 to 12 million each season. Instead, it's dropped back 20 million from last year's cap. If it was at 210, we'd be cap compliant before even doing anything with Roethlisberger. Like we would have been able to sign back Bud and or Juju, possibly both, but probably one of them and both Hilton and <laughs> Sutton. So like this is I'm the crap that happened. I'm shaking my head because like and, what a dream. And, and what a dream. And that's just if we didn't have COVID nineteen. That that's right. the only thing that screwed us up. The the second aspect of it was a lot of the restructured contracts came to a head this season. You know, Hayward was one. They gave him a new contract. Uh, Roethlisberger is the other one. And that came to a head this year. We knew it was coming to a head this year. Unfortunately, the cap shrunk when it came to a head. We had no space. Fortunately, he took a pay cut. And that's the only room we have to operate with is that $5 million, essentially, that he took as a pay cut. So are we doing as much as we can? We are within the system that we have with the money that we have. I'm still waiting to see how we actually attack free agency and then how we attack, attack the draft to see, see specifically what they're going to do for Ben Roethlisberger. But it does suck to lose all of that talent this season just because we can't afford it. And that's what 
angers me for mo- mostly for COVID-19 and the way the, the NFL can't just be like, well, we'll just keep it at 200 million like last year and we'll write this off or spread this out to make it a, a, sh- a shorter raise in future years, which is what she should have done. And that would really help us out a lot. And then we'd be able to sign Juju, no problem. But yeah, I, I, I can't speak on this until I know what we're doing with our free agents I, or who we pick up in the draft. I'm not going to say who we sign in free agency because I don't think we're going to sign pretty much anyone. I mean, we never, we never bring in splash players. Yeah. We never bring in big players in free agency. I mean, last year was the most action we've seen in free agency in a long time. And we brought in Steven Wisniewski, Eric Ebron and Derek Watt. I mean, we don't do, we don't do that. So I'm going to say until we handle our business with our free agents, Mm. I don't, I can't speak on this. I do know that Ben has been extremely vocal in what he needs and what he wants for the Steelers next year. One of those things is maintaining Juju Smith-Schuster. He's been very vocal about that. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if they don't keep Juju some way, somehow, I don't think that they're putting Ben in the best situation to find the success that he believes that he can have. Hmm. Um, And that's the first step. The second step, obviously, is putting a line around him that can, you know, keep him from having to get rid of the ball in under two seconds. So good point. I like that take. I like that take. Matt Insomniac also asks us, do you think it's time the Steelers start extending young draftees that have shown success after their third season, rather than letting them go to unrestricted free agency after their fifth, actually it's usually after their fourth, it's only fifth for first round draft picks. And that fifth is if you choose to do the fifth year option, which is guaranteed that you have to do in the fourth year before they even play their fourth year. So yes. Now Matt, now this is also that extension of what I just asked before Yes, the Steelers should have done that with a year left. The problem is they were sitting at the beginning of last year with that COVID-19 thing hitting them immediately where they had to come up with a reason for the following year and say, well, we have to have the floor at least to be $175 million. So now the Steelers are like, shit, the floor is $175 million. How can we afford to sign any of these guys to any contract moving forward? Because we can't restructure anything because we don't know what the salary cap is going to be. So nothing got done last year, essentially nothing. And I told that at the beginning of the year last year, when we started talking about this for COVID-19 and the floor being instituted last March. And that was when people were like, Stryker, you're insane. You, you got to sign your, your picks. You got to get your people set. I'm like, they don't have the money to do it. All of the prorated signing bonuses are coming to a head this season. So they're squeezed. They have no cap room. And that's what happened. That's why everyone is, is in the exodus for free agency this year. But I I honestly don't think that this is a, this is not a trend, Mad. So this is not something that Steeler Nation has been doing or that the Steelers have been doing over time. I think it's only strictly because of the extenuating circumstances from COVID-19 for this season. We do it with certain positions. We are notorious for doing it with like wide receivers. Notorious. We keep them for the first contract. and then let them go off into the world and be stars for someone else's team. I am, if we're speaking about wide receivers, I am so sick of that. I am so sick of that, honestly. Like letting Emmanuel Sanders go was a mistake and no one can tell me otherwise. No Mm. one will ever tell me otherwise. There are a lot of young receivers that we have developed 
and invested in that we should further invest in. Let these guys stay with the team that drafted them. Like Juju has said specifically that his legacy matters to him. And we're not talking about a guy like AB who threw his legacy in the trash and doesn't give a shit about it. We're not talking about that. I would love to see the Steelers invest in young talent in the draft and maintain them throughout the entirety of their career at the wide receiver position. I would love that. Well said. Litos asks us, and I'm sorry I had to get up. My cat was screaming at me through the, uh, so loudly I could hear her through my, my headphones because she was outside and it's cold out. Uh, but she's inside now running around somewhere. So Litos also asks us, uh, give us a list of a few free agents that you wish the Steelers could grab. Of course, we're talking about affordable guys. So as we talked about a little bit earlier, I think the biggest ones are Zach Banner and um, Sean Davis. I think those are the big affordable ones. I went down through a couple positions though, through for you, Litos. Uh, center wise, I don't want BJ Finney at all. Um, we had him in camp before we had him in on the team before he's a good guard. I like him as a swing guard. I do not like him at all as a center. Um, he, he was always putting the ball on the ground when he was in training camp, when he was in preseason games, just did not trust him as a center. Funny enough though, AQ Shipley is a free agent this year. I think he's 35 years old. Good old T-Rex with the little arms that we drafted years ago is now a free agent. He could be had on the cheap and I wouldn't mind getting AQ Shipley in here. Guy has been around the league forever. Running back wise, here's some affordable running backs with Connor leaving you got some people that would be even underneath that 5 million mark that they're stating that Connor is. And you got to look at like Adrian Peterson's out there. Le'Veon Bell, Fournette's out there. Shady McCoy. Like, come on. (laughs) There are some great free agent options that we could get cheap at running back. Yeah. But I, I don't believe that we're going to do it. I just, we know this team. We know this team. You think they're bringing in Adrian Peterson, even as successful he's a, as he's, he's a one, $2 million a year guy now though. He's like Frank Gore, who was also a free agent, but I don't want Frank Gore. <laughs> right. 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 No, please. No Frank Gore. <laughs> I, I um, think, I'd be happy with Fournette. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm going to cut him off at 40. Okay. <laughs> Then Gore, Gore's got two more years. We can sign him to a two-year contract. <laughs> That'll be good. He's ready to go. Um, so left left tackle wise, Kelvin Beecham is up for left tackle. And I always like Kelvin Beecham because he had the ability to play every single position on the line. And that's what got him his his claim to fame before he went out and struck out on his own. And I think he could, he could be had at a decent valued number um here in our system uh tight end wise here's a diamond in the rough for you jordan reed and i know jordan reed because i'm a washington dc fan and that guy was amazing for the for the uh, washington football team uh previously called a different name but back then he was a monster for this team he was in san fran last year he put up some decent numbers i know he has some injury history but when he's on the field this guy can make any play on the field and he's yeah. I think the catcher, only question with Jordan Reed. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I think the only the only question with Jordan Reed is his health. I think that's exactly. the only question with that him. Is. For me, it's a no. If we could get him cheap, it's a no brainer. Like 
I loved Jordan Reed in Washington. Me too. Big. I was Me a too. huge fan of him. Yeah. Um, the injuries just yep. have kind of stacked with him. I mean, you don't see him on the field half the season. And when you do, I mean, he's not super tight with Garoppolo over there. And so he's not making amazing plays. Hmm. I just, I would love him. Well, then I, they have Kittle if we could get a guarantee I mean, that not- he's not going to get hurt. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're yeah. right. You, you got an all world tight end in front of you. You're not going to see a lot of balls, but that that's why he is going to be so affordable is because injuries are going to be a concern. He's a guy you can have around 2 million a year where you can bring in and he can make your team better. That's the kind of guy I go out and get. Um, the last spot I was looking was inside linebacker, uh, Reggie Ragland out of, out of Detroit, Josh Bynes out of Cincinnati. These are affordable guys that are tackle machines that if we have to let go of Vince Williams there, those are two guys that can come in and provide some depth and provide some tackling. Uh, should we need to rotate other people in, uh, behind Spillane and Bush. Love it. I like Ragland a lot, actually. Yeah. He's a good player. And he's a Detroit guy. You know how. <laughs> you know how Colbert I mean, loves poaching from Detroit. It's exactly. Just... <laughs> I mean, it's like we are the Arizona Cardinals and they're us. Yeah, that's right. Like it's just we are or the Bucks now. Right? Oh my oh gosh, my it's gosh. insane. Oh. But uh yeah, I I could see us bringing in one or two of these guys super cheap. Yeah. We're not going to bring in nobody. No. We're not going to just stay who we are and lose half the guys that we have. We're not yeah. going to do that, but some of these guys I, I like Beecham coming back. I would love to have Jordan Reed. Yeah. Ragland, if we could get him. I I like some of these. Nice. I, I'm a Le'Veon Bell fan. I, so I would I, I would not hate seeing him come back, to tell you the truth. I would not hate especially at a lower price point. I can't be upset if he's a lower price point. He's he can catch, he can run. Bring him back. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And Steelman asks us, what do you think a guy like Chris Carson? would go for free agent. Very talented back. It's had a few injuries and fumbles, but still great, not well-known running back. Would love him a couple years while we rebuild our line. Save us a pick, of course, if only a reasonable contract. But the the problem for me, Steelman, is Chris Carson isn't unknown. He's got value. He played for Seattle. He had a great year last year as a dual threat. I know he had nine combined touchdowns. Currently... Spotrack has him rated and valued at 7.4 million, which is more expensive than Connor. So there's zero chance of the Steelers picking up a guy like Chris Carson, who's still young, who's still showing he's an all around back and phenomenal player. Um, And I would love to have him, but I just don't think that price point is going to be one that the Steelers can afford. No, I agree with that. I mean, if we're looking at featured backs, the, we're not going to spend that kind of money on one in free agency. It's just not going to happen. And life ruiner gaming off of YouTube States. He doesn't know bell style worked worked behind arguably one of the best lines for a few years. I don't think it works with what we have now. Valid point, valid point. We will have to see how the line shapes up and what they put together for the season. Last person. I totally agree. Uh, No, go ahead. Well, the last question that we have is questions is from Drink Iron City. He likes to throw us a couple. He likes to throw some oddballs. I love drinks questions. So Drink Iron City starts off with uh, first question. We're in pretty rough cap situation. Who are the other teams that are in worse shape than us cap wise? The Saints. 
the Saints are the worst in the league, definitely. Oh my god, I, I, they were at seventy million under. Now I think the Saints are more at a more respectable uh, fifty nine or sixty million. I, the way it is here on Spotrack, uh, Rams are at thirty eight and a half mil, and, and I think we're going off of one hundred eighty five being the cap for Spotrack. I think that's what they're going on. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles. 35.7 under the cap bears 20.7 under the over the cap sorry kansas city chiefs in the super bowl last two years 21.7 mil over the cap 11 mil over the cap for both atlanta and green bay uh it looks like 13 mil over the cap for the giants am i reading these right oh wait no i'm reading the center lines i'm reading the long, wrong lines holy crap all right Saints are 55 mil over Rams, 30 mil over 25 mil for the Eagles, 20 million for the bears, 18 mil for the chiefs, slightly different numbers. Okay. So now we're back on point 11 million, close to 12 million for the Falcons, close to 6 million for the Packers, five and a half for the giants, 1 million over the cap for the Vikings and only 306, 396,000 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And those are the only people that are over the cap currently. So we have three teams that have less than us. We're very close to Titans. We're both right around seven and a half. Uh, Buffalo Bills at four and a half and Dallas Cowboys at four and a half million under. So Dallas Cowboys are the Mendoza line. Tampa Bay and those other teams are still over the cap. So they have to get compliance in a week, one week. I mean, how, how, how do the Saints get compliant? Shit. They got to like get rid of the whole team. I mean, seriously, they do. How many, how many draft picks do they have? Fifty-three. <laughs> well, you have as many undra- un- undrafted rookie free agents as you want to pick up. And so like, if they want to go that route, they can, they can't pick up regular yeah. free agents because they can't afford them, but yeah, they got to oh, do God. something. It's going to be amazing to see who they cut to get under that number for a week. And that's going to be a fun story to watch here. Steeler fans. So start checking that out here in the next eight days. What the, what the New Orleans Saints have to do to get under the cap. And even like even a couple of those teams that are still fairly high, like the Eagles and the Rams, having to make some pretty significant moves and and this the Chiefs and the Bears. I mean, we're all talking around 20 million for all these teams. So, they so gotta, it could be worse, guys. It could yeah, be worse. Yeah, we thought we were bad when we were like 19 mil over like a couple of weeks, 15 mil over, like right before, right before Ben did his contract. Thank yeah. you, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> so next question what has the nfl done for vaccination protocol on COVID 19 are they making it mandatory individual per team i think probably the 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 COVID protocol is kind of laxed for the most part i know that the steelers take it very seriously i know that we had a small outbreak and coach tomlin had COVID. he's since come back i know he's fine now because that was quite a few weeks ago but most of the teams are probably in charge of themselves until we get back into the season again. Cause right now season's over. There aren't really people in there. Some people are getting treatments. Some people are coming in to work out and the, except when you have a small outbreak, like we had it at, at uh, the UPMC center and they kind of wouldn't let come pe- people come in to uh, work out during that time. But I'm sure that they're coming back. But I think right now at this point, it's probably more team oriented. I know the Steelers are more on the ball about this kind of thing, whereas the rest of the league isn't. So we have to suffer for it the entire year, but moving forward, there's going to be something similar, I think in place for next year, which will be league wide and probably closer to what the protocols were to get through the entire season last year, which, which was a small miracle to tell you the truth for that many players 
that many teams getting through an entire season w- was a small miracle. And that is no something- canceled games. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and even though the Steelers took the brunt of most of it. Oh, a beating. It was brutal. They Absolute still, beating. Yeah. But still the league got through it. And that's, that was the important thing was that the league survived. So we can root for our team this year. So asking that also if the best left tackle can't think of the name in the draft and Harris are both available at 124. Who do you take? My opinion is left tackle. I, I don't know if the best left tackle will be last till uh, 24. I think the best tackles usually get taken in the top 10 pretty easily. But if Leatherwood's around there, I have to consider him because um, Leatherwood's considered to be taken late in the first round. And he probably will be, for me, Morgan, one of my highest rated picks for that point of the draft. And maybe even I take him over Najee Harris and I wouldn't feel badly about it. So I was... Uh... Sorry, I closed this to look up the left tackle guys in the draft, and now I can't reopen it. Hold on. No worries. Gosh, I'm an idiot. Um, you guys on Twitter are right. I'm so stupid. Um, <laughs> Hardly. Um, so I was really, really high on Alex Leatherwood for a while mm-hmm. um, until talking to my father. My Ooh. father is uh, the perpetual... If there is something negative, he will point it out. He will find it and he will beat it into my brain. So I worry about Leatherwood's uh, injuries. I just, I just worry. I just worry about his knees. Okay. And at that position, it's really something that we can't risk a ton of injuries. We need someone who's going to be reliable. And I mean, he's torn both of his ACLs at this point. Wow. So it's a risk. I think that's why he's dropped because people were saying he wouldn't be there at 24. And now they're saying he will be. I know he also didn't have a great uh, senior bowl. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know about Leatherwood. Good points. I like those. See, because I'm not super into the draft yet. Not like you are. See, that's why I have Morgan on the show, Steeler Nation. I don't know everything. That's why I have to bring the smarter people on the show to help me realize what things are when we get closer to draft time and I can solidify my opinions. <laughs> if there's a, any way to get Elijah Vera Tucker, I like him a lot out of USC. Nice. We'll nice. say that. So third question. Or sorry, we're down to the fourth question now. Pittsburgh food, the church or Pepe's. I'm from way out of town. And if I was visiting with only one place I could go in Pittsburgh. So I guess he's asking for either the Church Brewworks or Pepe's. So for me personally, uh, Drink Iron City, Pepe's I go, that's essentially my breakfast sandwich. So I go in for a Roethlisberger, which has a mixture of sausage meat and hamburger meat on cheese and deliciousness. I get the hoagie, so I put like lettuce and tomato and, and mayo so on hungry. it. Yeah, so that, that's my breakfast sandwich. But the place to go for me, which is, you can't miss it, is the Church Brew Works. Their food across the board is phenomenal. Even a little bit better when they used to have the brick oven before it, it burned down the place for a little bit and they had to shut down a little bit. Um, but so they don't have brick oven in there anymore, but they used to make a pierogi pizza. And the mm. pierogi pizza was one of the best things I've ever had in my mouth. 
And they don't make it anymore. No, no, because they don't have the brick oven anymore. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if they figured out a way. I haven't seen it on the menu, but everything on the menu there is like just amazing, amazing stuff. The beer there is phenomenal as well. Plus, when you get up on Sunday morning, it's game day. You get to tell your family, hey, I got to go to church before the game. And you go to the church brew works. And that, that way everybody's happy and everything's compliant. And you're still doing your, your faithful duties. So that's the way to do it. I'm going to throw a wild card in there and say oh, that you have to go eat at Smoke. It I used need, to be in, Where's oh Smoke? It used to be in Homestead. Hold on. Let me see where their new location is. They. <laughs> no, this is still the Homestead location. I will find <laughs> out and I will let you know. All right, cool. It's, it's, it's just Smoke, okay? Okay. And. What kind of food? Good, good Lord. Tacos. Mm. But I don't know if it's still on their menu, but they make like breakfast sausage and gravy. That is the most insane thing I have ever tasted. Like a biscuit. I used to go. Yes. Is is it over? Oh, that's one of my absolute favorite shit on a shingle. I'm yeah, exactly. (laughs) You need to go. You need to go to smoke. Everyone go to smoke. Mm. They make their tacos are so so good the brisket tacos oh i'm telling you i used to go all the time i (laughs) was dating a guy who lived in pittsburgh and so whenever i would go up to pittsburgh i'd be there for like a month or so at a time Hmm. and we would go to smoke like once a week at least at least so good you had me at tacos i know right (laughs) not a hard not a hard sell and then and then drink finishes up thanks for doing these a whole bunch is appreciated Striker, I could use your help as I'm hauling manure to the gardens near the end of the month. Seriously, I would I would help you if I live closer, to tell you the truth. But unfortunately, we live cross country. But hopefully, I can see you soon, sometime when you're in the Pittsburgh area, and I'd love to catch up with you at a game, Drink Iron City. So, thank you very much, everybody, Steeler Nation, for all the questions. Uh, yeah, Mark is hungry now too. Yeah, right. That's why I had to start munching on potato chips. I got these uh, pickle chips from um, Food Lion that I'm kind of chewing on right now. It's the first time I bought their chips so i'm trying it out and seeing how they're doing they're pretty good <laughs> see it's i'm snacking I'm, I'm like doing all these things that, <laughs> that i can't, can't do. do she can't do chips she can't do ice cream she can't do beer i'm like i'm about oh, to this, go this downstairs delicious i'm about to go downstairs <laughs> and eat some turkey and rice so <laughs> oh delicious be jealous you should be very jealous <laughs> And Steeler Nation, you've got, got, got to follow Morgan on Twitter, Tokyo XMO, T-O-K-Y-O-X-M-O on Twitter and on Instagram. What are you? M-M-M Erzo? Yes, sir. M-M-M-U-R-T-S. I didn't even have that one written down. M-M-M-U-R-T-S-O on Instagram. And she is a ton of fun. Do you have a little bit of backstory or would you like to share why you had to change your twitter name. sure sure, that, sure that, i find sure. that interesting yeah so i got into it surprise surprise with some stranger behind like a fake avatar and with two followers and they were oh, saying God. very insane things to me very weird things and okay. so i blocked them and then then and i never throw blocks ever ever yeah. because i don't want people to think they've won like i can i can listen to your that's bullshit not a all one that's a piece wanna, of mine if, like, if you want to go back and forth like let's go i'm down okay. but the next day this random account appeared and tweeted to my place of work um basically 
in an attempt to get me fired from my job. Oh, I don't know how they found out where I work. And I, I didn't say anything that would warrant that either. I didn't yeah. say anything that was hate speech or attacking anybody. Yeah. So it was very weird. It was more so just embarrassing yeah. that they would send my place of work a, a tweet of mine, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Um, so I had to take my, my full name off Twitter because it, these crazy people just, you can't trust uh, them. Serious. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you for so. sharing that. Guys, be careful out there yeah right (laughs) well i appreciate you being on the show i had a blast talking with you this was a quick hour and a half of just steeler talk which i know like a lot of times we get an interview mind we don't get to talk steelers as much as we like but as steeler nation knows morgan knows steelers information as much as anyone anywhere which is why i'm blessed to have her and thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today morgan thanks for having me (laughs) anytime and Steeler Nation please check out the Yinzers podcast information across our social media platforms Uh, we've got Instagram Yinzers official Y-I-N-Z-H-E-R-S O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L Twitter and Facebook at Yinzers YouTube the same as our podcast youtube.com backslash Steeler Nation and Steeler Nation's ladies and gentlemen we've got these awesome awesome designs that i'm sharing with you on my screen right now Woohoo! you get to see these look beautiful, at those yeah look and the, we got the the pictures for the yinsers podcast morgan is the one all the way on the right with the awesome hair so she's right yes. above the hers so be sure to purchase any one of these hoodies or t-shirts we've got the steeler nation stuff in the podcast and no they are the softest softest shirts yep. ever by the and way you were wearing the uh this one right here the yes. six pack the last time i it's my favorite it's yep, my favorite I, I shirt too they're so wear it all the time and yeah, it's right so it is nice how soft those are and so far really i mean i've been washing the crap out of them all year i bought them all right at the beginning of the season and i wear them for most of the podcasts they're holding up very very well they're a great quality shirt so please please go on over support steeler nation at the steelernation.com click on the gear page and get geared up with these great, great shirts offered by Steeler Nation. Read our great articles at SteelerNation.com, both by myself and Morgan. We're great writers and you should read our stuff because we're awesome. Read <laughs> <laughs> us at Steeler Nation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the Steeler Nation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast. Or follow me if you want to watch somebody that doesn't post office often at SN Striker. Striker is spelled with a Y. Thank you for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast. Sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises, I'm your host, G. Stryker, with Morgan Erzo of the Yinsers podcast, rooting along with you, as always, go Go Steelers! Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G, because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters, the more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.